Good evening, dear listener, and welcome once again to our Bijou Chelsea Football Club podcast, where three, four, maybe even sometimes five ordinary sort of people sit around and try to bring you, the listener, a glorious, rich landscape of trials, tribulations, triumphs, and occasional trouble of what it's like to be a Chelsea fan. And so we kick off with episode 80, or as the French would say, Catravan, on the basis that they have no word for 80. I mean, what sort of country has no word for 80? Well, perhaps the type of country that has no word for 90 either, because that's Catravan Dice, or for weekend, which is Le Weekend. So, uh, for no apparent reason, I've decided to have a go at the French, even though I love the country. Um, this week, with the episode, is going to be called Transformations, but Nick, our dear leader and editor-in-chief, will no doubt find something pithier um, from the conversation for the final published version, which we'll talk about later on um, uh, com or through Apple iTunes. Um, but tonight, I think we will be discussing the three games since the last episode. Um, and it's quite nice because we appear to be talking about nothing but games as opposed to any um, storm cloud scandal referee comments or any of the other usual toxic stuff that we've had to live with um, in the past couple of years with Jose. Um, so the three games, um, we'll start with the win over Southampton, um, which is always a tough away fixture. I think perhaps you went to that one, didn't you, Dan? Um, I was due to go, but I had a um, horrible case of food poisoning. So as much as I'd love to have gone, ah. I couldn't leave um, my bathroom. So oh, it was okay. um, <laughs> so decided for me. Yeah, we're, we're, a, we're a sickly bunch, it seems. Um, the cracking 5-0 away, 5-0 uh, win uh, against Everton, um, who have hit a bit of a sticky patch, Um but uh, one that was a game I couldn't go to because I'd taken a bit of a nasty tumble the night before. Um, a very sober tumble as well before anybody starts to think, um, oh, he was pissed <laughs> up and leaving the pub again. I was actually on the way to the pub with my wife for date night. Um, and she was very gracious in the fact that her whole night had been completely buggered up by this silly ass who just couldn't see the pavement in front of him. Um, and then finishing off with a very professional 1-0 win away to Middlesbrough, proving that we can do it on a dark, cold and horrible Sunday evening in the north. Um, aren't most evenings cold, dark and horrible up north? I don't know. Um, my name is Tony Glover, known by our very dear podding friends, the Chelsea fancast, as the Reverend Tony Glover, um, but also known on Twitter as at GrocerJackUK. And tonight, as ever, I'm joined by some regulars and a newbie. Um, a bit like when you're watching your own favourite band, in my case, Pink Floyd, and on comes a guest, and it turns out to be David Bowie. You'd be just ecstatic. So tonight, we have the stalwart and Midfield general of the team, the eloquent and poetic Donal, also known as Dr. Underscore Blue Bio. Good evening, Donal. Good evening. So you're the Pink Floyd. Okay. Am I? In this okay. particular case, high praise indeed. Mm. Um, and we were due to welcome Kweku back, but I think he's got lost in yet another Vulcan engine tuning exercise and, and hasn't been able to answer. But we do have, instead of um, our long-term replacement um, in the form of Clayton Beerman, we bring you a very, very seasoned pundit. And indeed, the David Bowie in this little conversation. 
long-time lover and observer of all that is Chelsea, uh, and a man it is my great pleasure to drink with pre-game um, and to make endless cock jokes about because we drink in the cock. Um, it's the lovely Dan Silver, also known as at yeah. DanSilves73 on Twitter. Good evening, Dan, and welcome. Yeah. Thank you, great pleasure to be here, but I think I'm more David Brent than David Bowie, but that's for another story. <laughs> oh. You have one distinct advantage over David Bowie, and that you're still, yeah. you're still walking amongst yeah. the living. <laughs> yes, Indeed, yeah. Yeah. No, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. And that is a massive, very interesting, and it's a kind of joke conspiracy theory that, that you know, the, the world has gone to shit since David Bowie died with, um, you know, the rise of the right and the Brexit and Trump and God only knows whatever else is going on. And that he was the actual glue that held it all together. Um, and the beauty of, of course, is, is that can never be proved to be wrong. Um, so even in a welcome, um, Dan, I've known um, for a while now, and you go back to supportive back, um, probably not quite as far as me because you're not as old as me, but um, do you want to just give us like five minutes on, on why Chelsea, Dan? Yeah, well, basically, it's quite, um, on third generation, um, my grandpa um, was an athlete back in the day and he, he was uh, running around the track in the early 1920s. And after an event, he stayed on for a game, having no idea really what was going on. It turned out to be Chelsea, and he became hooked. Um, my dad started again about 1952, um, became hooked, and after my grandpa died um, mid-1983, um, I took over season tickets. They were the first to be in the east middle of 73, and pretty much been a love affair ever since. That's over 30 years, probably approaching a 1,000 games. It's just, it's a family love. I grew up in a hotbed of Arsenal and Spurs, so I'm literally, you know, the complete anomaly to everyone, you know, where I live. But it's just, it's, it's a love. You can't, you can't articulate what it is to be Chelsea. I mean, you know, my wife doesn't get it. Nobody really gets it. No. What it is to be a Chelsea fan, a match-going Chelsea fan. You know, no. we're all fans, but when you go there and you're privileged to be able to go, you know, week in, week out, home and away, it's fantastic. And yeah. given my first what, 83 to 97 was fairly barren. You know, the last 20 years have been absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and I lost, I lost my dad in 2006. I was very glad that we saw, you know, the FA Cup, the League Cup and a couple of um, uh, titles, which is fantastic. Yeah. And little analogy, the last game we saw before we died was the uh, Arsenal-Barcelona Champions League game when Arsenal lost. And we both fucking hate Arsenal, so <laughs> we were so pleased. <laughs> Oh, a fun memory. And I think actually there's a similarity there because I think, Donald, you actually grew up in a, in a fairly Spurs-oriented household, didn't you? Uh, am I right? Well, yes. I, yeah, I grew up in Tottenham. So, you know, that was fairly Spurs, really. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't get much more Spurs than being in Tottenham. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but um, also then went to school in the... Uh, the Arsenal heartland of Islington. So, and I started my my first uh, year in secondary school, where there were just wall to wall Arsenal fans. Happened to be the year they won the double, nineteen seventy. Oh, so. that must have been terrible. I remember, yeah, I remember oh. the year they won the double, and I remember, uh, I remember just being torn to pieces um, by Arsenal friends, and and you know that my sheer just. 
you know, one of my worst ever memories, one that I hope will never haunt me, was you know the Charlie George goal, the laying on the floor with the arm huh. in the air. Um, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, yuck. Yes, exactly. Let's move yeah. on. Let's move on and talk about what we're about. Um, so, um, thanks, Dan. It was it, it just always worthwhile to give um, the people who don't know you uh, an intro because you're going to be back on here um, from time to time, whether you like it or not. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm, me and Chiz, uh, we're coming up with what I call a free trade agreement. Uh, between the fan cast and ourselves on um, on guests and and appearances etc. And you know, absolutely, yeah. Um, so let's start off um, first of all, and I'll, I will start with you, Dan. Actually, um, just give us a general view of the last um, the last three games: Southampton, Everton, and Middlesbrough. We've we I think we skipped over, or we may have done the last pod in shed before um, the 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 two one at West Ham and and all of that, all of that that went with it. But Southampton, mm-hmm. Everton, and Middlesbrough. Which, from my perspective, I would have probably been happy to have taken five from nine points out of that because you know none of them look particularly easy um, on paper. Um, but uh, we've we've walked away with um, you know zero goals uh, against us mm-hmm. um, and nine points. So just tell me your thoughts. Start with Southampton and what you can whatever and work through. Yeah, I thought, I thought Southampton was you know our first real test. You know, the previous couple of games have been. You know, fairly expected wins. Southampton, a good side, well organised. But I think we're just very, very difficult to play against. We're set up so well. Every player fully understands, you know, the role in the team, what they have to do. You know, defending as a five, attacking as a five. Um, the early goal certainly helped us because obviously the way we play on the on the counter, getting one nil up after five six minutes gave us the advantage. But we defended so well. I don't think Southampton had a shot on goal in ninety minutes, which is in a, as a home team is fantastic. Um, Really good performance. Then going to Everton, I mean, that was arguably one of the best games I've seen at Stamford Bridge in living memory. I mean, I tweeted afterwards, it was it was a faultless performance from, from start to finish. Absolutely fantastic, fluid, fabulous football. We looked like we could have scored 10 goals and it was just, it was absolute pleasure to watch. I went with um, Chidge and one of his friends who's a neutral and he came away saying that was absolute fantastic football. Had it been, you know, everyone's favourite quotes Barcelona he'd been on Sky Sports all weekend and then Middlesbrough very tough away game good side well set up well organised and we got a very professional 1-0 win we could have made a lot you know little criticism could have perhaps killed the game off with a couple of chances but you have to, you have to say last three games brilliant last six games brilliant it looks like we've really turned the corner since the you know the Arsenal debacle um, which is Probably one of the worst, you know, took us back to the, the dark days of last season where we performed. But I, I'm very encouraged. I like the fact we've got one game a week so he can work on the team, he can work on shape. And all this bollocks about rotation. If you've got a fit 11 and they're playing well, you don't need to change them. They've got, you know, five, six days to rest between each game. So I would say, you know, all in all, superbly positive. Yeah, OK. Um, Donal, your view? Um well, yes, uh, I think I believe it's was it five hundred and eighty-five of your English minutes since <laughs> not your transport for London last... minutes. No, not your transport for London. None of your French minutes. It is cinquante. Anyway, whatever it is. What is? Um, yeah, yeah, five hundred eighty-five minutes or something thereabouts since they last conceded a goal in the league. Now, being the uh, being the house miserablest here, obviously, <laughs> we have regression to the mean. Yes. And if we get away without getting thrashed 6-0 by Tottenham at a weekend, we can all be happy. Indeed. However, 
I think it has to be said that yes, it's uh, it's been superb to watch at times. Um, Southampton, I was watching it. I mean, obviously we got not lucky, but you know he was he was just offside, wasn't he? Uh, for, for the um, and uh, you know that that could have been two one, and we might have been you know getting a bit nervous and come away with a two all and wondered where it all went wrong. But um, I remember watching that game and just this sort of sense of the fact that we were strangling the life out of Southampton. You know, a team who can move the ball, a team who can play. And and they just seemed incapable of of moving the ball through us. Um, and it was it was like watching a sort of boa constrictor in action. And uh, a similar feeling watching them against Everton. You know, it was a complete performance. And um, I, I believe that... Um, you know, everyone talks about the shift to the to the three four three. Um, you know, it seems too much of a coincidence that suddenly all this good form has come with that. And, and I was reading somewhere recently that um, we all remember Terry Venables in his his Christmas tree formation, don't we? Indeed, yes. Around the time of, around the time of the European when they were over here. Um, well, apparently for for, for Conte. He calls this his, uh, and excuse my poor Italian here, his for Foresta Irlandese, which stands for Irish forestry. And obviously, he calls this his Irish forestry formation because it's heavily dependent on the tree fellas at the back. <laughs> oh dear! Oh, what is uh, nice. oh, the, the ghost of Mark has come back and <laughs> with a vengeance there. Excellent. <laughs> right. Uh, so, of course, he's he's never called it that in his life. It's no, just a very no. long lead into a very a, poor joke. You know, it was a good joke. A good <laughs> but, joke. Um, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I was worried about the Middlesbrough game because, obviously, the, the one thing you wanted coming off the Everton performance was to have another game almost immediately. Um, and I was a bit concerned that that sort of international break, it's never quite the same when they all come back together again. And... You know, all right, it was only 1-0, but it did seem like they, not exactly slotted back in, but the the main elements of, of what had been giving them the results recently were still there. You know, they still seemed to be playing, you know, attacking football, defending well, breaking everything up. And, and you know, apart from, I think, early on, and but perhaps towards the end of the game, they didn't really give Middlesbrough that much to work with so you know maybe didn't score as many goals as we would have liked you know to keep it comfortable but you know good away performance considering that you know they'd had to have the international break which think, can always be a bit yeah I, I, you know. what I was enamoured by was that both those games potentially the Everton game as well but certainly Southampton and, and Borough were the sort of games in the dreadful form in <clears> last season we would have lost and it may have only been 1-0, and we may well have been the better team, but they were the sort of games we would have lost. Uh, and uh, and I, there's there's this real turnaround. I, I, I've made a point of, of complaining about this before, and saying, you know, what you immediately get on um, from the various, uh, shall we say, nappy shitters out there is, oh yeah, but they were crap, weren't they? Um, and it begs, begs the question for me, I suppose, is, um, over to you, Dan, you know, is it, 
are the other teams just poor or is it us that's making them look poor we're just making them look ordinary because we've seen such a spe- spectacular uplift in our own you know displays form and, and, and style I mean I think it's Everton certainly was down to us being absolutely sensational um, we're, a good, we're a good side you know there's this whole you know transfer window bollocks that we haven't signed any you know fee for world class players you don't necessarily decide world class players to have a good team everyone wasn't moaning about Alonso he's fitted in very very well into the system you know it's, it's players that win matches not formations or systems and I think we're, 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 where we are on merit the first few games of the season under the old formation we you know we scrapes and wins we've changed it around you, you look at the record six straight wins without conceding a goal it hasn't been done that many times in the premiership or even the championship before football existed so I think it's down to us playing very well Costa's on best form of his life arguably certainly at Chelsea Hazard's back to his best Matic's back to his best all the key players from last season which were pretty much dreadful are now back to a really good level and get people knocking Cahill you know pre-Arsenal he's, he's looking outstanding yeah. David Luiz absolutely faultless for six, seven games. And I was gutted when we sold him and delighted we re-signed him because he's, yeah. he's a real leader out there. You look at him. I mean, that pass he did to, to uh, Costa in the second half with the head back to Pedro would have been an outstanding yes. goal had it been like an, you know, an inch lower. We are where we are because we're, we're on form. Um, yeah. We've had Everton was a test, passed with flying colours. We got Spurs and Man City. Come out of that with four points. Then, you know, you've got to take us very seriously. There are two big, big tests these are, you know, how we'll be judged over the course of the last two months, how we, how we perform come, you know, lunchtime on, on Saturday after the Man City match. I don't know, is it, um, is it the new tactical system that's done this? Is it, is it, is it solely that? Is it the players being in a happier place, the club patently being in a happier place? And, and I will touch on Conte, uh, in, in sort of part two, when I do want to have a conversation about what he's, what he's added to it. But, you know, mm-hmm. is there, is there a single thing or is it, is it just simply that this, if we've been waiting for this sort of thing, um, and for somebody to change, um, you know, when, when every team was playing, you know, four, three, two, one or, Four, three, one, two, or whatever um, sort of variance, and, and the lone striker being the, the kind of key to it, uh, to every system. And, and then someone coming and saying, "Oh, bollocks! We only need three at the back. We can we can use wing bats, etc." And you know, I, I'm not a formation person. In fact, well, my eyes glaze glaze over when people start giving in double pivots and all that old bollocks. But um, is it just that, or is there something else that's been, you know, is there a combination of things that have added to this? In your view. Mm. Um, well, they were a shambles against Arsenal, weren't they? Um, you know, the first, well, At least the whole first game. Half. Yeah, and they hadn't been too clever against um, Liverpool, although that game was probably closer because of the second half, you know, than, than we remember. But yeah. <clears throat> whether it's actually 3-4-3 itself, which, you know, obviously Conte likes and has been successful with, or whether it's just the fact that it, it's the sort of happy accident of a system he likes that happens to suit the players he's got available to him at the moment. You know, that people like Moses, um, Alonso appear to be able to play that wing-back system. He's got a player in Louise who can, you know, sort of anchor the back three. He's good with the ball. Aspilicueta appears to be able to play that system. Kale's 
bought into it. Now, whether they're the ideal players to take it forward to the next level, if you like, I don't know. But it, it seems to be a, a formation that suits the players he's got. And he's obviously decided that he can he can make things work. You know, Hazard can spend more time concentrating on his movement and attacking rather than tracking back all the time. Matic and Kante play much closer together and, and, you know, seem to be able to take it in turns to, to, to move forward. It seems to suit the players he's got. Now, somewhere in the next, you know, few months, we'll probably have a game where it absolutely gets taken apart. And I think at that point, people just have to sort of say one of those games will always come. It's whether or not the players can can maintain a level of form, you know, through the next 15, 20 games. You know, it it won't always work. Someone, there'll be a team out there who have the ideal players to destroy that system. Probably, you know, a team with a lot of pace out wide, someone very fast coming through the middle, you know, that sort of thing. But really, you're trying to, maximise the number of points you can get from any string of games. You know, I don't think the team can be turned around so rapidly that it will never lose again. You know, it's that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, the the happiness around the place, well, that comes from confidence. And uh, he's obviously, in the way he works with the players, restored their confidence, made them believe in themselves. You know, you look at a player like Costa, seems, you know, playing well, above what he was last year, more like what we thought we were getting when he first came, and and who seems focused on his football. Yeah. You know, some of that is down to confidence of winning and scoring goals. Some of it must be, you know, coming from from Conte and, and the team around him, you know, his coaches and so on so, and so forth. I think from my perspective, I mean, I, I you know, like I said, I'm not really a, a massive tactics fan I just think you know it's players that win games and 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 uh, and confidence and attitude and all those things around that and yeah I mean tactics play a part I suppose to a degree um but one of the other things I I, I really do believe has, has contributed in in no small part um is our lack of Champions League football I, I I find myself in a position of um giving less of a shit about the Champions League than I normally do um and actually i I I haven't watched a single game in the Champions League this season. I don't think I've followed the comments on Twitter or whatever. Um, but I think there's a, there's a, 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 although there's the argument for having your momentum kept going, um, the Champions League for me, um, especially when you're in a year when you don't look like you're going to win it. And that was arguably <laughs> last year when we were really struggling in the Premiership. Um, then it becomes a bit of a banana skin, and and, and yet another stick to beat the players mm. with, and a, uh, a, a mm. you know just another barrier to to a return to form. And this season, without it, um, I think Conte has been given um, an opportunity to really work with these players, and, and it's an advantage mm. over Arsenal and over Manchester City and Spurs and Leicester, um, arguably over Manchester United uh, as well because of, of the Europa League involvement. And I've forgotten who else qualified for Europa League in in the in the Premiership, but that has given us that five or six days where he can work with the players, and instead of worrying about the next game, he gets a couple of days to say, "We're going to try this. Mm. This is these are my ideas." Um, almost like he's having a, a, a and Dan and Donald feel free to jump in, but it's almost like he's having a proper pre-season in the season. 
he's getting mm. space that he would maybe normally have used in the, in the two, 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 three months of the close season. And he's using it really wisely within, within the, the, the actual season. I don't know. Any thoughts? I totally agree. So, yeah. I think he came, he came in late after the Euro, so he probably lost potentially sort of two weeks of, with the team. And, you know, I haven't missed a Champions League this season. I've got to enjoy Tottenham's demise. But I think, you know, you've got a week in between games. You know, players can get a bit more time off. They can refresh. They can get recharged. They're not going to be tired. They're not going to have, you know, both physical and mental demands, which the Champions League brings. Because you've, you've got some seriously tough games, you know, albeit you've got one or two, you know, easy win games. When you've got your, you know, your, your second seeds, it's, it's a tough 45 minutes, 90 minutes. You've got the travel everything that goes with it. So it's, it's, it's a really nice, clear window. And it, it's shown that the whole organisation of the team for the last six games, you know, since the, the Arsenal, everyone knows what to do. We defend as a five. As he's not a centre-back, he's fit into that role so sweetly. And, and the, the positional sense that when the, you know, the wing-back pushes forward, he slides across to cover um, the right-back. You can obviously see the, the hours on the training ground again really, really well. Now, we had... Um, I had a, a CST meeting um, a few weeks ago, and there was an evening training session going on Stanfield Bridge. So he's, he's working very hard. I don't think they've got an easy ride. So certainly making them work hard, but it's all, it's all beneficial because we've got, we've got you know a week between games. You can look at the opponents, look at how they set up tactically, look at their strengths, look at their weaknesses, and just pinpoint pinpoint you know, where we can, where the games could be won. And that and has, has been proven in the last six weeks. So we've six games. So we sit there now with um, 17 goals to the good, um, you know, zero against in six games. Um, the best goal out of the lot, Donal. Oh, oh. I, don't <laughs> I don't know. It's really difficult to say. Um, I suppose it's... I don't know. I don't know. I can't picture them all all of a sudden. There's too many of them. But, um, <laughs> That's a quite a nice problem to have, isn't it? Yeah, possibly one of the ones we scored against Everton. I would say you're talking about formations and, and tactics and stuff, and you know perhaps it can be overdone at times. But I think one of the key things about the the Everton game, from what I could see, was that um, he tried to match. Um, he tried to match. Kerman tried to, to match up Everton against Chelsea by playing three at the back, didn't he? And yeah, he did. Yeah, that that that. that they looked very uncomfortable because obviously they were just trying it out. Maybe they'd done a bit of running around during the week, but um, you know, that that's the thing at the moment we're playing our formation and everyone else is trying to adapt. Uh, and, and that seems to be working for us, which I think is, it's good when, when you're not having to make too many changes to try and cope with what's coming at you. Um, and I think that makes a, a big difference yeah. on the goals thing. I would say this: it just struck me there on on the weekend. I, I know it was a very scrappy goal that uh, Costa scored, but he's now scored three goals, which are not necessarily identical, but are very similar from corners, and they're all based on the ball coming into the near post, someone getting some sort of flick on or contact on the ball. Two goals he scored where he's come looping round from the penalty area towards the back post to pick up the knock on. Um, and that was possibly what was going to happen on Sunday, but the ball went straight up in yeah. the air. And because he he's locked on to that, you know, yeah. someone like um, Matic or someone getting the first contact at the near post, he's absolutely locked on to the ball. 
that's why he was the one who saw it. It's very, it's very Carl Heinz Rummenigge, one for the teenagers there. You know, it's very, that kind of poacher mentality for yeah. me. It's, it's fabulous to see. And, and, um, you know, there are times when he frustrates when the ball, you know, you get a fantastic ball across and he's about three yards behind the plane. You're thinking, blimey, you'd have had a tap in if you'd have been on your toes a bit there. But, um, this but we're idea... not seeing that so much this season. Last season, that was all the time. Yes, he was, was a yeah. yard away from the ball. Yeah. This season, it's, in, in fact, he's more often turning provider. Um, but yeah, they, they seem to have this little routine at the corners that no one seems to be able to keep tabs on him. <laughs> Yeah, which is very very interesting to watch, and it'll yeah. be interesting to see how long they keep succeeding. But that's three goals now in about four games. He scored off a very similar move on the corner. Yeah. Dan, your 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 one best goal of the lot. Come on, seventeen um, seventeen to choose from. Dig deep here. I thought Angola County against um, United was pretty good. The technical like, yeah. twist and turn. Yeah. Uh, Costa at Hull was a good goal. Um, Well,あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あ
classy. He's he's quite humble. Um, he's it's this the whole you know like when we had Viali, that kind of real kind of affable, lovely. You just you, you want to go for a pint with him after the match. He's he's just a really nice guy. He's obviously you know he's obviously got a iron fist in velvet glove when it comes to players, but just in terms of the whole perception of Chelsea, we're actually getting positive media, which is unknown. Recently, it's people actually like us and saying good things. You know, we're not necessarily last on match today, which is also a good thing. I think it's just brought a breath of fresh air for us, and I, I really like, I like it. It's, it's a great sea change. Say you're a Chelsea fan, not you know, not get sort of you know people laughing at you because you know because you've got such a bad press around the club. Um, I like him. I hope, I hope he, I hope he gets you know a chance to really instill a, a legacy like Jose so we're not kind of you know in 14 months time we have a bad October and he gets kicked out and we get Buddy Gus heading back yeah um, I think he's a great, a great manager he's probably given all the managers we've been through this is our last chance to get a big name I would have thought because if we keep cutting managers early doors we're not going to get anybody very good but the whole everything since he joined from day one I like his kind of you know, he's, he's every time he's interviewed, he knows English is getting better and better. He gets his point across. Um, I'm very, very, very happy with him. I think he's, 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 a, he's a great guy. I want to go for a pint with him. Or yeah. a glass of red, whatever he wants. Indeed. Um, yeah, just remember your mates when you do that as well, all right? You know, well, yeah, no, of course, you, you come. You come. You've been you know, my plus one. Exactly. And, you know, I've, I've got at least, um, you know, I need, at least I'll be able to pay because I can say Il Conte Porfavora, uh, <laughs> which is the bill, please, you know. Um, uh, Donald, your view on it. I, 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 just before you, you come in, Donald, I mean, for me, the big, the biggest part, it's not just the on-the-pitch transformation, which we know at some point will will come undone. We are, we'll, we'll lose a game at some point. It, it's inevitable, and you take it on the chin. But it's this whole changing image of the club. you know. And, and Dan alluded to this good publicity, but uh, there's a guy who tweets me and Dan and Chidge quite regularly, Stephen Moe, is like, you know, there's nothing in the newspapers about us. Why is it why, yeah, why is it all gone quiet? And I actually tweeted back to him and said, well, that's good, because no one's talking about us, and we're under the radar, and um, I've always adopted the view that I'm not like the Millwall mentality of no one likes us, we don't care, because I do care, because I have to talk to people at work and, and at a pub and with friends, and I don't want to be kind of tarnished with this sour-faced toxicity uh, 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 that goes with us um, or has been with us. Um, so, you know, I'm very pleased. Give me your thoughts on it, Donald. Um, well, it's a puzzler, isn't it? <laughs> I always hesitate because you sort of think, well, we're, we're in this sort of honeymoon period where, you know, everything appears to be going well. You know, we're Chelsea fans. We know that just around the corner, you know, to quote the old song, just around the corner, there's heartache. Um, but yes, he's had, he's had a very big positive influence. I think in taking a group of players who, you know, whether it's their fault or not, were certainly not at the races, um, last season and you know even at the beginning of this season looked fragile um he certainly instilled a lot of confidence in them a lot of belief um i think there are issues that he's going to have to cope with um coming up uh, we alluded to the fact we're only playing one game a week so he's able to keep a settled side but you wonder you know fabregas um oscar to some extent 
not so much Willian because I think you know Willian still has something to contribute and, and would fit into the formation that he's playing. It's just that you know Pedro got in because of Willian's um, you know family bereavement and and has played very well and therefore you leave him in. It'll be interesting to see how long he can keep all these players on side because uh, that's always a very difficult um, part of the job I think you know it's good when you're winning um, players seem to be able to put up with it when you're winning when we're not winning you know will the leaks start again things like that um, I don't know I think as long as he keeps trying to play what is attractive football he you know he may not be he might not have a reputation as a as a purveyor of attractive football but you know from what I've seen so far it is it's, it's very good stuff to watch and you know as long as he's attempting that and the players are buying in with him I think he he's going to do very well he appears to be you know a good influence around the place I read something the other day that says you know his coaching staff are, are sort of seen seen as being sort of quiet and polite you know and, and contributing to the whole feeling of, of well-being you know we see how long it lasts but certainly that the, the omens are good and certainly. um yeah so, so i'm enjoying was, i'm enjoying it sorry dan go yeah. on i was just he's got kudashini on his coaching stuff and kudashini's obviously you know he's, he's proper chelsea and he's got a connection to sort of the you know the original influx of the italians in like sort of 96 mm. 97 so he's got a, an affinity with the club which i think is really important he's got a connection to sort of you know old Old and new Chelsea, for one of the better phrase. Yeah. And Carlo's, you know, you know, a, a real kind of good ambassador for the clubs. I think that's obviously helped kind of explaining what it is to be Chelsea. I mean, watching um, the game on Sunday, Michael Ballack, you know, who's you know Bayern Munich legend, Chelsea legend, he was tweeting all about how how great he wants Chelsea to do. Yeah. So we you know around the club, we've got you know some, some absolute legends who still love the club. There's some, there's something very special. Yeah, I, us, you know, I, I actually which, did. I was going to say, I actually did tweet about Balak. I think my tweet was along the how the hell are CFC not employing this bloke in some way or another? Um, I think he'd be about... like one of my tweets, and my weekend was complete. Yes. <laughs> and I think, yeah, I, well, it, mine would be if he'd, if he'd like one of mine, but I think he's just, um, yeah, it, just a fantastic, you know, he's obviously got that, there's this thing, isn't there? These these ex players seem to have a real attachment to us, or a lot of them, that you would imagine have probably got better things to do with their time now. Um, but <laughs> perhaps it's, it's, it's not. I mean, it's I don't know, maybe slightly roast into spectacles, but you know, Michael Ballack, who was you know Bayern Munich legend, comes to Chelsea, still cares about Chelsea. Yeah, you know, we. I think in a very special twenty year period since Willison sort of, you know, you know Zola. Viali, yeah. that whole kind of generation of players. I mean, Viali still is called in as you know an expert on Sky when occasionally Chelsea, Chelsea yeah. players on board. We were blessed with some phenomenally great players. I mean, last twenty years we've been very lucky, and there's something special about this club. You know, it goes back to the days of Osgood and stuff like that. I don't maybe I'm you know roast into spectacles I said, but I don't think you know Spurs or Arsenal will have that kind of playing nice. the same affinity that we have. No, I, I agree. I think about, I think I was going to say about um, Conte as well. Uh, we'll move on to talking about some of the players in a minute as well. Um, is the fact that it's 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 shut a lot of the anti Emanolo 
Um, I was just about to say yeah, <laughs> the same thing. It's I was going to say when you when you see the cameras, the cameras have been on Abramovich, who's yes. very happy at some of these games. But the happiest man that I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> no matter, you know, there's all people going bonkers in the crowd. There's Conte himself hugging and everything. But the bloke who sort of sits like three rows behind, you know, just behind all the subs. Jumping for joy is Michael Emanalo because he, he obviously thinks the longer this goes on, one, the longer I stay in a job, yeah. and two, less people are on my back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I completely changed my viewpoint, Emanalo, because I was one of the sort of he's what's he doing here club, but you know, he's he's he's, he's an easy scapegoat to make because he's kind of like the face face of transfers. And I don't I don't think he helped himself in the aftermath after of the Mourinho sacking with his comments. So whether that was you know, yeah from the party line or what yeah. that didn't help him but you know if every you know De Bruyne was sold well whose fault was that was that Mourinho's was that the club decision you know Lukaku was sold well whose fault was that he, he bought them in for, for every good player he's bought in there's been a bad player but you look at every director of football at clubs you know they've all had dodgy players I mean you look at some of the players that Spurs have bought they've, they've shit the bed so I kind of think he gets a hard time because he's an easy easy target and I'm kind of the impression of that he's, he, he works for Chelsea let him do his job. Somebody better comes in. Fantastic. I think. Yeah. Well, in fact, when I first started watching football, director of football, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a new kind of yeah. role in football. You only have like you know, directors who, who did the business side, not this kind of you know more you know mainland European model of these guys coming and having the transfers. It's a, yeah. it's, it's a new thing for me, and it's kind of a bit load of bollocks. But anyway, uh, no, I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, I think in in Emanalo's case, my. We, we had a debate on, 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 on a previous pod in Shed about it. And, and the, the, the fact is, uh, Roman Abramovich tends not to, you don't get to where he is by employing idiots and fools. Um, no. and, and pure yes men. You, 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 you just, you're going to fall pretty quickly at that. And, and so you must have said, but I think my biggest argument against the anti Emanalo, and, you know, much, I would, as much as I'd love, uh, Balak or someone to be a director of football with that level of experience, you know, captain of Germany, for God's sake, and, and whatever. Mm. Um, uh, there is one point this, this Emanalo, you know, lacks experience. Well, he's had nine years of experience at the top club, arguably, in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. If that's not experience, what the hell are they talking about? Are they saying that he didn't have experience before? Because actually, if you look to Jose Mourinho before, uh, Porto, he didn't have any great experience. He was a fucking translator at Barcelona. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it, it, you know, it, there is a bit of a, a myth. I'm not saying experience should be dismissed. What I'm saying is that you can't say Emanano doesn't have experience because he's had nine years at Chelsea. Exactly. Well, to be, to be fair, Tony, I think you're, you're selling, um, Mourinho a bit short there. Remember what, what Mourinho was doing was not just translating English. He was translating Bobby Robson. Ah, and translating yeah. Bobby Robson yeah. into a foreign language. Geordie That's a bloody English. challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. And also, um, also, you have to think about that they didn't have any experience as a top player. Well, Mourinho wasn't a top player. Mourinho barely played a professional game. Yeah. So, Emanalo's footballing background was American League. Well, that's kind of irrelevant. You look at you know the success rate of Mourinho as a, as a coach. I just, listen, you know, with the advent of social media... You know, there's, there's, you, you want to have your targets, and it's as I say, it's, he's, he's just a scapegoat for four years because he's, he's not he's not a world class FIFA player with a rating of ninety seven. This whole PlayStation stuff nonsense, which everyone you know under the age of thirty seems to judge players by. You know, he's not a ninety plus on FIFA; he doesn't count. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. Well, oh, Conte like uh, Ancelotti obviously played to a high level in Italy. 
and, yeah. and like Viali, you know, with with our Italians, we seem to have always had players who've who've played at a very high level, and yeah. you know, obviously <clears throat> that that perhaps helps Conte in certain ways. You know, when he's when he's talking the game through, when he's trying to get players on his side, uh, you know, Mourinho, Mourinho's reputation obviously helped him, but you know, Conte Ooh. brings that brings that thing of you know, I've I've played the game, you know. Yeah, I think Hazard alluded to that in one of his interviews that Conte, you know, Mourinho was reputation as a manager, not as a player, whereas Conte's done it as a player, as a top player at the top level and as a manager. So mm. I think something has Hazard alluded to that he was a, you know, he, he was a top player and he's also a top coach. Yes. I can't remember what he said, but it was something, he, he, I think it was something in the Belgian press. It was, it was, it was obviously a slide against Mourinho. So whatever happened, Mourinho burnt. Multiple bridges last yeah. season. He did indeed, I, I think, think as well. Um, I'm going to move on to talk about some of the players now, and we did it last time um, because such such is the the kind of remarkable transformation we've seen in 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 some of the players. Um, I'm I'm uh, I, I'm actually just trying to look look back on something that I tweeted at the weekend um, after the Middlesbrough game, which was along the lines of, um, you know, yes, I am fucking gloating at you. Uh, Auntie Louise mob, you know, you boo boys, um, because um, of all of the players that stood out in in these six games, and arguably wasn't even particularly bad against Arsenal. He was just in a bad moment with the team overall. Um, you know, uh, is, is David Louise? I think um, I, my my word that I've written on here is he's looking the absolute dog's bollocks in this new role. Um, uh, he looks imperious. Uh, his his ball. Uh, control is phenomenal. His his vision. He still goes on the odd run, but as you said, there was a lead up to what should have been a second goal against um, Borough um, with with the ball where he, he actually made the run, then crossed the ball over. I think it was to Costa back to Pedro, who hit a sweeter shot as you're ever going to see that you know came off the underside of the bar. Um, and he looks to me, even though Cahill is the uh, the captain at the moment that he's that leader on the pitch. It came very obvious to me in the Manchester United game where um, he was playing the ball to Cahill but pointing to where the next ball should be and then constantly clapping and cheerleading Cahill on. Almost like, you know, I'm going to get you back, boy. You know, you're going to come back. And Cahill has been um, fabulous since we've not conceded a goal. It's not going to be his fault or Louise's fault or Azpilicueta's fault. Um, when we do concede a goal, because you know the fact is the game is you're going to concede goals, and I've long maintained that not every goal is the result of a defensive error. Jordan Henderson's against us certainly wasn't because that bloke would never do that again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just your, your thoughts on it. I mean, I, you know, there are other players in there. There's the resurrection of Matic, which um, he's getting very, very close back to the form from the Championship winning year. We've got um, Angolo Kante, who seems to have taken what he did at Leicester and refined it even further with us. Um, and who, who, who uh, you know, the man I always thought had the best battery of a player I've ever seen, which was Ramirez. Uh, and Kante seems to have a, a bigger, more longer-lasting battery than even Ramirez. You've got Victor Moses. I mean, Alonso. Um, these are they were they right off? They, you know, other teams came in for them, really, did they? Um, and Moses is, you know, uh, the Lone Ranger, um, and, and comes back and sits in this this wing back, in, and has 
not put a foot wrong. Pedro, yeah, Pedro was one of the players I think yeah. probably wouldn't be here last uh, this season. Um, he, he wasn't as bad as Quadrado, but you know, um, he, he he wasn't far off. And this season has been, as you said, keeping William out, a, a firm fans' favourite and and our player of the year last year. Um, Thibaut Courtois, he's had two shots, I think, to save in the last six games on target. Mm. I mean, you know, so. How, and he, and, what, and he saved how, them. Yeah, and how does it? So I, I ask myself: is, is is how does he stay stay sharp, and how does he even stay sane? Because you know, back in the old days, he could have put a deck chair in the corner and had a roll up, but you're not allowed to do that sort of thing anymore. So no. just a, just a few thoughts, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll start with you, Donald. Just to, you know, just to give some thoughts on some of those players, and 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 who's impressed you the most? Um, because actually, before you answer, in part three as we roll into the last 10-15 minutes or so um, I, I do want to talk about the outcasts if you like as well so we, we don't mention yeah. the Oscars and the the, okay. the, the the Ivans let's just stick with those that we see and apparently love well if I could just make one uh, small linguistic point uh, before we start um, there's no one who could be said to represent the English language as she is spoke on these aisles more so than yourself, Tony. And yet I, <laughs> and yet I noticed there at the uh, very start when talking about Louise, you referred to him being in a bad moment. <laughs> Carlo like, Carlo like yes. in your bad momentness. Oh, and I was yes. reading something the other day. Someone mentioned the fact that this is gradually creeping into English punditry. Yes. This, Referring to bad, I, I assume that it, it's um, there's a word in Italian which um, you know means uh, you know in, in, as we'd say in English, you know he was having a bad time or just at that time or whatever. But they translate it as moment and say so end is. up this it bad is. moment. It, it, um, it, it I is was actually, amused to see you using it there. It's so. actually it's rife across continental Europe that they don't yes. have that kind of in a minute phrase or. Yeah. At a bad time, that, they, they use that. Right. They use the word "moment," and the moment yeah. is now or yeah. whatever. And I yeah. guess when you look at the the kind of influx, you know, at manager and player level, um, and yeah. to some degree, the, uh, certainly at Chelsea and, and no doubt Spurs, Arsenal, the cosmopolitan nature of the crowd. Um, that I've it, done more it, it cosmopolitan than yourself. Exactly, you know, I'm, the, I, I'm collaborative. I'm, a, I'm I'm an embracer. So sorry. <laughs> carry on. Carry on with carry on with the players. Um. Yes, uh, it's interesting. I, this time I am quoting what he said in the Italian press, but apparently Conte was um, expressing surprise that um, Moses, he seems to see him as a player with a very high skill level as well as a very good engine and, and uh, tactical awareness. And he, he was expressing his surprise that, that he had not been used far more by Chelsea, not in having a dig at Mourinho type of way, but just, I think just generally saying, you know, why was this player out on loan, you know, for so long without being used in the team? Um, certainly, yes, Matic, um, his, his confidence, his belief in himself is obviously, is, is very much in evidence now. I, I think perhaps maybe in the formation he was playing last year, maybe, uh, the, what was demanded of him was, was something that wasn't in his game, whereas now he's able to concentrate on on being what he is. And, and, and that gives him, you know, the self-belief, because we were all wondering whether or not that almost broken leg had sort of suddenly 
had had some sort of serious mental uh, effect yeah, on him, from, didn't the, we? from the Burnley game, yeah, yeah. Well, but, um, it, it, but you it, know, it seemed to slide from there, didn't he? Though, but he did. But it, you, you don't see evidence of that in the last um, in the last three or four games. And he's, he's, you know, he obviously has, has fallen into a very good partnership with Kante, and and yeah, he's certainly back to being the player we we saw before. Uh, Louise. Yeah, I, I like David Luiz. You know, he a bit like Hazard, but not quite in the same way. He's the sort of player that you pay your money at the gate to go and see because he's entertainment. Um, he will make some appalling, fat-assed mistake in the next few games and probably get pilloried for it. But, you know, that that happens, doesn't it? And, um, you know, even even the greats make mistakes. He certainly seems a lot more responsible than he used to be, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very pleased he's back. I liked him, and yeah, he's. I, I take your point about him helping Cahill, you know, get his game back almost because Cahill was certainly looking like a bit of a a man in shell shock earlier on this season, and um, yeah, he's, he's regained his confidence. We probably do need slightly more ball playing from the whole back three that we've got at the moment further down the line. But, you know, he, he's making the best of the players he's got. And, um, yeah, and Hazard, you know, okay, he was a little bit quieter on Sunday, but yeah, some of the, some of the football Hazard is playing is just fantastic. And he did make reference to this spur he had on his hip. Um, Last season, which, you know, we've all said, I think, that we thought he was playing injured as much as whatever else had gone on. And, um, you know, he's, he's certainly playing with a freedom now. And, and some of the things he's doing, you know, are worth the gate, the gate money on their own. So, um, Pedro, yeah. I, generally, that, that sort of wide man role seemed to be a problem. You know, we had Quadrado, we had Salah, all players who are doing reasonably well at other clubs. You know, De Bruyne was... was Played out on, on as a wide man, and so was Schürrle, and and that sort of shape that Mourinho likes best didn't seem to suit any of these wide players. They, they didn't seem to be able to work with what he wanted them to do. And I'll be watching Man United with interest to see how you know players like Rashford and Martial and so on, who are getting put out in the wide positions up there, how they're going to do because. Yeah. There's something about the way, and again, I'm not being critical of him, but there seems to be something about the way he needs wide players to play that doesn't seem to suit an awful lot of players. Um, and Costa's the other one, obviously, who you know, who seems a man reborn. It'll be interesting. I was reading something today about yellow cards coming up to the Christmas period. Mm. It'll, be, it'll be interesting to see whether or not he chooses the moment when he picks up his fifth yellow card. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whether, whether it allows him a little bit of Christmas shopping and, you mean, a, you uh, mean, and a trip you know, somewhere. Uh, yeah, so yeah. on a day but, like... You know, we, we, would have all, we would have all said weeks ago that he's yeah. on four cards. He'll, he'll be banned, you know, yeah. within the next week or so. Yeah. And I yet, think, match in, match out, he's he's just keeping himself out of trouble. Yeah. I mean, I think, he, yeah, but, you know, I think... It, I think he'll choose either West Brom or Bournemouth to, to miss. Although Bournemouth he will do at his, at his peril because, um, of course, they beat us last year. Dan, um, I'm going to move I've, on. I've got a feeling that he'll, Spurs will wind him up on yeah. Saturday and he'll miss the Man City game. 
Mm. Oh right, okay, cool. Yes, I'm, I'm just thinking. So that's, right. that's my horrible. That's my horrible thing. I think he's gonna. They're going to kick, send the shades of shit out of him. I yeah. think however calm he's been, he's going to react. I have a horrible feeling he'll miss the city match. That would be that would be um, not good because we we do look you know thin on the ground for backups, and that's why he's yet to uh, to to really show um, where where he's got potential, but yet to show um, you know any any form as such in the limited play time he's had. Yeah. Um, I just want to give your view on a couple of the players, Dan, and also um, move it on. So, obviously, I'm aware now that you've got your dinner um, sitting there um, and, a wife, and a wife that's holding a knife and fork, um, presumably presumably not against your throat. Um, well, it's, it's getting very close. Okay. <laughs> I, can um, hear sh- I can hear it being sharpened. <laughs> um, so, just give us a quick run over some of the players that have impressed you um, in, in recent weeks, um, you know, uh, but also th- just touch on the players. Uh, and I will mention um, three, I think, that I think there must be a question mark over. Um, four, in fact. You know, Oscar Fabregas, um, uh, John Obi Mikel, I think we can probably assume is on his way. Um, but uh, Branislav Ivanovic as well, um, you know, as the outcast that was going to fill the last 10 minutes. So let's move into that straight away. So just a, a view of the players that we've we've seen recently in the uh, in the form and, and your favourites um, and then move into the outcast. And I'll come back to you, Donal, on that as well. Yeah, um, as for the Quater, just thoughtless. I think mean, he's been an amazing player. He's, he just gets on with that without fuss. He's always at 8, 9 out of 10. Hazard because he's had no defence responsibilities. He's got protection from Alonso or the other the other most on the other side. Uh, Matic really top top form. Can say I would literally list the whole squad based on the last you know six games performance. They've all they've all been really absolutely outstanding. So from that perspective, you know Costa because he's managed to play without any ag- aggravation without looking to start a fight. So all of, all of the, the squad. Six, you know, seven, eight, nines out of tens. Um, oh, whoa, whoa, blimey! Oh my days! <laughs> that an earthquake? Was that a demolition ball? <laughs> no, I just turn around and there's a whole lot of pitch just falling down. Oh right. Um, players are going to go. Fabregas, I love him. I think he's just he hasn't got. He's too slow for this team. He hasn't got the kind of in transition. He's quite slow. Um, Oscar, I don't think will go because I think he's still you know useful. I think anyone's going to bring. It's going to be Conte. I think he has talent. It just needs to be hard because the boys can tackle, he can pass, but he's not consistent. And you know the fact, the fact that he was the best when I was swimming in the Olympics, he was the best player on the pitch, and that included Neymar. I really hope we somebody gets the best out of him, like he's done with Moses. Um, who else? Who else? You mentioned Tony. Sorry, I, I mentioned Mikel and uh, Ivanovic. I think. Um, well, Mikel, I think Mikel's gone. I mean, Mikel can't get in the squad. So I think Mikel's gone. Um, I think he's out of contract in January. So right. I'll be surprised if he's if he's gone. Um, Ivanovic, yeah. does he get another year? I don't know. Does Terry get another year? I don't know. I mean, you've got you know JT out of contract, and the fact that City's been injured, we've kept six clean sheets. Um, Luis has come in as being the natural leader. The question is, like, you know, is, is this the beginning of the end for JT? Um, Branagh, I think he'll, he'll wind up his contract and end up in the MLS or potentially going, you know, retirement over West Ham or something like that, depending on what he wants to do. <laughs> there's a lovely time over West Ham. Um, uh, Donald, what about you? On the on the outcasts. 
Um, the outcasts. I'd, Mikel, um, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't contemplate a, a life without John Obi around. I just can't. Um, obviously, with people like uh, Chalaba now claiming a place, you would say that he's somewhere back in the queue. But we're only ever one or two injuries away from from problems, you know, a man of his experience, perhaps as a utility player. It really depends, I think, on what he wants uh, as much as what Conte wants. Um, uh, Oscar, I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know there's a good footballer in there, but we never seem to, to quite get him going anymore. I don't, you know, if he stays fine, if he goes, I'm not sure what we're losing. Um he, he may well become a superstar somewhere else, and that's fine, but we don't seem to have been able to get the best out of him. Um, Fabregas is interesting because I remember when he first came to Chelsea, I remember reading some Barcelona fan or fanzine or blog or something talking about how you know good as he was as a footballer, they could never quite find the place to put him in. When when you looked at the way Barcelona played and you looked at the individual positions, there was always someone who could play that position better than he could. Yeah, and you know you, you sort of look at the team at the moment, uh, and so it was to some extent happening last year. Where does he play? I'm not saying that Conte couldn't work a, a formation out that would suit him, but at the moment, you know, with the way things are going and the way the team is playing in the formation, it is. Where does he fit in? Because if you take Kante out and put him there, then Matic ends up having to do a lot more defensive work yeah. and probably struggles. If you, if you take Matic out, then Kante has to do a lot. You know, I'm not sure where he goes. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I don't, I, unlike some of the way people talk and the things you read, I don't consider these people disposable. No. You know, throw this one out, get another one no. in. You know, and I, I, I hate I, to see people going, but I'm, I'm all know, for, it wouldn't surprise me. No, and I'm all for people actually. I, you know, I'd, I'd probably gladly see them all stay. And I've been a big critic of Oscar. Um, I think he's, he, I said at the beginning of the season, I thought this was the season he'd have to prove himself or he'd be out. Um, I think in Fabregas's case, you make a good point. I think he could sit as a good utility, um, you know, to replace um, Kante or, or Matic. Um, you know, yeah, if, but that's my point. Is I'm not sure he can. Yeah, well, know, I, I, I think you know, who, play who a knows? Different type yeah. of game. If I mean, who he knows? He, he may still be. You know, Conte seems to have developed some of the players. You know, no matter how good they are, I've always maintained that a coach should be able to develop them, no matter how good they are. You, oh, yes. you don't buy the perfect player, so. Uh, there's an opportunity there, and I think actually we, what we what we need uh, is a bit of longer term planning on this one. Is you know we you rarely buy good players in January. We've been very fortunate in that I can think of two good ones that we bought in January that immediately spring to mind. One was Branislav Ivanovic, another one was Nicholas Anelka. Um, other than that, I don't remember any real stunners coming in. David um, Luiz. Uh, David Luiz did he come in? Got Luiz and Torres, didn't we? Yeah. Ah, right. Okay. Well, Torres. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to cast aspersions on on his time. But Louise. Okay. Um, yeah. I'd always assumed he was Some, somewhere in a surgery. A doctor is shuffling uh, <laughs> a little embarrassedly, yeah. thinking, "How do, 
how did he miss that knee? Yeah, there exactly. Go. There you go. Um, so I, th- I think it's an interesting. I think at the moment I'm encouraged by the fact that we've got um, Chalabar um, and potentially uh, Aina. I'd like to see Lewis Baker get you know a little crack at something because he looks exceptionally talented. Um, and I think Ruben's Loftus Cheek may well have. Um, he seems to have dropped off the radar, and I think maybe Conti has sort of spotted something um, in him that needs to be resolved and pretty damn quick. Um, if he's to get any chance in the future, Chalabar certainly seems to have taken over, uh, um, it, you know, in that particular position or in that sort of youngster, um, coming into the team and, and proving I mean, you, the you could see that if Kante got injured or, or Matic or they're unavailable, that he'd, he'd possibly get one of those two midfield yeah. spots. Yeah, indeed, indeed, that. yeah. Um, I'm gonna finish off. Um, Dan, I know you've got to go and get your dinner. Um, so it's up to you. Uh, you can either say goodbye now or listen to three minutes of me rambling through the outro. Uh, it's entirely up to you. Um, I'll stay on board, don't I? Okay, um, so just a couple of parish notices as we normally go through them. Um, you can pick this lovely podcast up on iTunes. Uh, it'll be released probably now, um, either tomorrow at some point or possibly Friday when I shall be in Berlin. Um, away from um, all the uh, all the bouquets and plaudits and generally great feeling that people will have when they listen to us. Um, you can also go to podinshed.com. Every episode is there from 1 through to 80, including the Phantom episode, um, which was singularly failed to be recorded by anybody. Um, and so mm. sits up there with um, uh, Liverpool's ghost goal against us um, uh, and various other um, you know, fo- footballing controversies. Um, we just give a quick plug to the um, uh, Chelsea Supporters Trust, of which, Dan, I believe you're a, a director of or on the yeah, board uh, of. Uh, yeah. Member, yeah. yeah, He's a board member, voted on this year. Um, and Chidge, uh, David Chidgey is the uh, the chair um, of the Chelsea Supporters Trust. I am a member. Um, you, you should join the trust. Anyway, just get your voice heard by the club. It's a great opportunity opportunity to be able to you know meet people um, and actually put some points across and get to you know uh, be part of something which is hopefully going to change the, the fan experience for the better and let the club know that there are a bunch of very sensible people out there who need to be listened to who will put things across and put valid points across in in you know in in very very clear diplomatic and, and well thought out terms uh, it's five pounds to become a voting member um it's free for non-voting members if you just want to be part on parcel of the whole movement um, you'll get the newsletters and you'll get access to the website you can sign up at chelseasupporterstrust.com um, and uh, you, you, if you pay money you can attend the meetings you can go to the events and vote on issues that directly affect you um, and get your voice heard you can also follow them um, on twitter at chelsea s trust um, a very worthwhile thing and i think as, as you all know if you've heard to dan tonight um, a very eloquent uh, uh, and a, a very worthwhile organization so bigging up there Dan but bigging up the Chelsea Supporters Trust as well um, uh, just a little bit of a commiseration as well just going to go on to this um, our our friends over at Chelsea Fancast uh, made the finals of the Football Blogging Awards for the third uh, well actually um, I think it's for the fifth year on the trust uh, I think it was only one year they'd missed when, when Chidge basically just couldn't be asked to enter or he forgot um, but sadly they didn't win this year so commiserations to our friends over at the Fancast they lost out to uh, a, a professional um, podcast and blogging outfit called the Anfield. I didn't know we won it. Um, the fancast won it two years on the trot. 
No, I um, said I didn't know weed. What you're talking about? It was won by a professional. Oh, <laughs> oh, I, I see. I assumed you were talking about yeah. us. Yes, no, I think no, the word no, there no, is, no, is no. professional and well put together. Um, um, <laughs> I, I, there, there are too many criteria we don't meet before we get anywhere near it. I think. But commiserations to our friends at Fancast, and as I said to Chidge the other night, remember these words. Glittering prizes and endless compromises shatter the illusion of integrity. Um, and they, like us, are all about keeping it real. Um, Chidge knew that quote immediately um, uh, because he's a big fan of Rush, no less. Um, and we've got plans for future guests. We've had Dan on tonight. Dan, um, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'd love to get you back on again um, when you're free. Um, obviously, I only do this when I'm not on fan cast duty. Um, and, you know, my, my wife uh, thinks I'm on a phone call to work. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but there's, there's loads of other people. So I'll be pulling people in and I will be plagiarising. Um, and it just um, leaves me to say good night. I don't know if anybody else has got anything they want to add. Dan, anything you want to add? No, no thank you for your time. It's an absolute pleasure. I look forward to, to doing some more. Good. Okay. Um, don't know anything from you? Yes. Um, there is one thing that our, our listener needs to be aware of, and that is that um, should the unthinkable happen and um, things go a bit arseways this weekend against the mighty spuds, um, there won't be a podcast next Tuesday, but you can tune in and we will be playing suitable, mournful <laughs> and martial music, a bit like they used to do in the old Soviet uh, Union yes. when <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when when someone, you know, high up died. died. So, yeah, there will be the, the playing of suitably martial and... Uh, and in- uh, Sorrowful in, music. Indeed, I, I'm actually. Gonna that's be, about it, really. Yeah, I'm going to be following it on uh, on Twitter. Um, and fairly surreptitiously, I've got a feeling that we'll be in a museum in Berlin around about the time it kicks off, um, and then making our way over to the Berliner Republic. Um, so, uh, which will be, of course, a very lively um, night uh, night place to go and, and follow the game. But I'm doubt, I doubt very much they'd have English Premiership on in a in a pub that sells 18 different types of German beers and. Um, seems to pride itself on on its pork product based menu. Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, listen, Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Donald, an absolute yeah. pleasure. Yeah. Um, and um, so it's good night from uh, you, Dan. Good night from me. Good night. Uh, good night from Donald. Uh, bonsoir. Um, uh, au revoir from moi. <laughs> um, thank you very much. See you later. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.